the other day, and um, uh, and of course I know I know we know these verses, but you know I hadn't really put it together in this particular context before, and so I thought I thought well that's pretty good, so I thought I'd tell you uh, what the Lord was showing to me about that as well. We uh, here in Isaiah chapter ten, uh, we use this particular verse a lot in relation to uh, what the the value of the the power of God. Amen. And so this is in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It says, and it, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Uh, and so uh, we use this verse a lot because the anointing is, is the manifest presence of God. Uh, and that's well, whenever you hear the, the word anointing, you think about the manifest presence of the spirit of God that's here to do something on our behalf. And so. Oftentimes, the anointing is, is in manifestation to heal the sick, raise the dead, um, and, and, uh, or to deliver the captives. Uh, Jesus spent a lot of time in Luke chapter 4 talking about the, the Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to do a lot of things, preach the gospel, heal the sick, uh, and so forth. Uh, in this particular case, the, the thing that the Lord wanted to get across is that the yoke shall be destroyed. Amen. So uh, anybody know what a yoke is? Anybody plow the North 40, right, with a, you know what a yoke is? All right, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, I, of course, I, you know, we always had tractors growing up, and, uh, and I never, I was the youngest of 11, so I never did an actual real work. My job was just to take up rocks, you know, that was it. Uh, pretty low skill level on that, but uh, we had tractors that we plowed the gardens with and, and so forth, but before that, they had, uh, they had like uh, ox, oxen or uh, sometimes mules, and they'd put a yoke on these on these animals, right? These farm animals, and the yoke was uh, was used to then tie the reins that they would then control the animal with. So they'd pull, you know, the left rein, and the animal would go to the left, you know, and pull the right rein. And and um, I never did that. Uh, actually, Brother Randy did some of that growing up, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but the purpose of the yoke is is for control. And and so here. Uh, the Lord is telling us that the anointing, the presence of God can destroy that which con is controlling you that's not God. Amen. And, you know, a lot of people, even in the church, are being controlled by things other than God. Amen. Uh, and that the anointing is there and available to destroy that control off of you. Amen. But the thing that he wanted to, to contrast that with is over there in Matthew 11. Uh, he says in verse 28, it says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the Lord uh, wants us to have a yoke. Amen. He just doesn't want us to have a yoke that's a, that's a burden and uh, a weight from the enemy. Uh, it could be, you know, uh, natural things could be sinful things, could be uh, mental things, could be a lot of things uh, that uh, is controlling your life. And the Lord, uh, and the thing that the Lord wanted wanted to stress to me in this case is, if we will take His yoke on us, you know, you can only put one yoke at a time on a on a on an animal, right? You can't put three yokes on there; that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, and so, the reason why a lot of times uh, Christians have yokes in their lives is because they haven't taken the yoke of the Lord and let Him control their life. They're trying to control them themselves or whatever the, the motivation is. And so they end up with uh, something else controlling their life other than the Lord. And the Lord wants to control it, wants us, wants to control our lives. But he said, my yoke is what? Easy, right? And so he's not driving us. He's not being a burden to us. He's not trying to dictate every, every breath of our life. He said, it's easy. Amen. Uh, and sometimes people say, well, it's hard being a Christian. Well, that would be in direct conflict with what the Lord said here. My yoke is what? Easy and my burden is what? Light. Well, if it's hard being a Christian, then whatever burden that you're under is not from the Lord, right? Because he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if we will take his yoke upon our lives, let him control us, because, you know, if, if we're yoked up with the Lord, then if he says, well, I need you to do this, well, that's, that's, that's him activating the yoke, right? I need you to go left. I need you to go right. I need you to say this. Sometimes I need you not to do this, right? Sometimes that's part of the yoke too, right? Don't go that way. Uh, and he'll gently tug that yoke because he said his yoke is easy, right? So he's not jerking it. He's not uh, being a burden to us. Uh, but he does desire to lead us, amen? But the, the key there is what did he instruct us to do in verse 29? What's, those, what's that very first word? Take, right? Who, who is responsible for taking? Who is the implied subject? You, right? 
You are to take his yoke. So he's never going to force it on you. The devil will force it on his yoke upon you if he can. But the Jesus will never force his yoke upon you. You have to choose to, Lord, I choose to take your yoke. I choose to allow you to lead my life. I choose to follow you. Amen. He's never going to make you do it. Uh, and a lot of times, well, you know, the Lord never shows me anything. Well, then, um, then you're not following verse 29, right? Because you didn't take his yoke. If you take his yoke, he's going to use that yoke and, and show you things to come and show you directions to take and uh, words to say and places to go. Uh, and so, so I just wanted to contrast those two things. You know, uh, uh, basically every Christian, or not every, even every Christian, every human being on the earth, they have a yoke. Everybody has a yoke of some kind. Amen. You can either choose to have the yoke of the Lord, which is easy and light, or you can have the yoke of the devil, which is driving and, and, and painful and under lots of pressure. Amen. Uh, and so um, what would an intelligent human being do? Well, an intelligent human being would pick the yoke of the Lord. Amen. And I always think that, you know, I, you know, I sometimes I wonder about folks because I think an, any intelligent human being would become a Christian. Amen. If they really understood what all Christianity is, is every intelligent human being would be a Christian because he wants to, to, to show us the direction to take that's full of joy and peace uh, and not full of uh, burdens and uh, weights. Uh, that's a pretty good deal to me. Amen. And so let's take his yoke upon us. If we take his yoke upon us, then the devil has no, no room to put his yoke upon us. Amen. Uh, and that's the whole point of what the Lord wanted to get across with those two verses. So let's stand and greet each other for just a minute. and We'll get into praise and worship. Before the music started, and, um, you know, the Lord, the Father God anointed the name of Jesus to destroy every yoke. Amen. We live in the new covenant, and he has granted the church access to the name of Jesus to destroy every yoke. And so if there's, if there's any yokes in your life that's, that's controlling you, that you've had a difficult time overcoming, and you'd like prayer, you know, we'd be glad to pray for you today. Amen. Yes. The name of Jesus will destroy that yoke and set you free. You know, he desires us to be free. Amen. And that yoke can be emotions, it can be thoughts, it can be habits. You know, there's a lot of things that try to control our lives and put burdens upon us. And the Lord desires us to be free from that. Thank you, Father. So if you'd like prayer, the name of Jesus will destroy that yoke in your life. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the name of Jesus. Father, the anointed name of Jesus that will destroy every yoke. Thank you, Father. Before I pray for you, the, the Lord just instructed me to, to let you know um, He will destroy the yoke in your life. Amen. But before we pray for you, let's all make a commitment that when this yoke is destroyed, Father, I will take your yoke upon me. And Father, your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. I will allow you to put your yoke upon me. So just, just set that in your heart that when this yoke is destroyed in your life, that you will replace it with the yoke of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the kind, precious name of Jesus. And Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, your name destroys every yoke in this life. Every, every weight, Father, every stronghold is trying to control this life is trying to put a burden upon this life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I destroy it. And I command it to leave this life in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that freedom replaces all destroyed yokes. Father, the presence of God destroys all existing yokes, Father. And so, Father, I thank you. This life will take upon him the yoke of the Lord Jesus. Father, that which is easy, that which is light. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, the name of Jesus demands freedom. Father, the name of Jesus provides freedom. In the name of Jesus, every yoke is destroyed in this life. 
every yoke of the enemy, Father, the burdens and the weights, Father, and the thoughts and the oppressions, Father, destroyed in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. This life has a, has a right to be free. Father, you desire us to be free, Father. Free from words and thoughts and heaviness, Father. Lord, I thank you. In the name of Jesus. For complete and total freedom. Every yoke destroyed in Jesus' name. And they'll no longer have any place in this life. There'll no longer be a weight and a heaviness in this life. Father, from this day forward, freedom, Father, will define this life. Your light yoke, Father, your easy yoke, Father, will define this life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you. Every step, Father, is a step of freedom. And Father, you desire this life to be free, Father, to do exactly what you wanted to do. I speak the name of Jesus over this life. Every stronghold, Father, and burden that hinders the move of God, that hinders the plan of God, I destroy it in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that it's replaced with your yoke, your easy yoke, Father, and your light burden. Father, we replace yokes, Father, of the enemy to, to slow down and to hinder and to redirect, Father. We destroy every one of those, Father. And Father, we thank you that your yoke is taken up. Father, a lightness, Father, an easiness, Father. Father, easy to, to be with you, easy to be led by you, easy to do your work, Father. In the name of Jesus, today, Father, this yoke is destroyed. And the enemy has no place in this life. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for complete and total freedom in this life. Father, you are the only one who controls this life. We thank you for that, Father. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And yes, Father. Even in the physical realm. Healing, Father. There is no yoke of sickness. Father, there's only the yoke of divine and perfect health. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We declare it to be so, Father, because your word says it's so. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that your word declares that it was for freedom's sake that you set us free. And Father, this life has a right to be free. Free, Father, from any yoke, Father. Entanglement of the enemy. And weights, Father, and heaviness. This life is, is, has a declared and a purchased right to be free. So, Father, we destroy these yokes in Jesus' name. By the mighty name of Jesus, Father, every yoke is destroyed. You've anointed that name, Father, to destroy these yokes. So, Father, we declare them destroyed in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Father. Free. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, from this day forward, we will take your yoke upon us. And Father, nothing will ever come between us and your yoke. We choose to take it up, Father. And we choose to walk with it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Father, we thank you that as your children, we have a right to be free, free from thoughts, Father, free from sickness and disease, free from poverty and lack. Father, you said that we will know the truth and the truth will make us free. The truth is, Father, you love us. The truth is you desire good things for us. The truth is you desire to speak to us and lead us and guide us in all truth and show us things to come. The truth is, Father, you paid a great price on the cross to allow us to be free, not just from sin, Father. We thank you that we are free from sin. We are free from sickness and disease, Father, and lack. You paid a great price to fully restore us and to fully redeem us, Father. Father, it was an all-encompassing redemption. It wasn't limited in scope, Father. We thank you, Father. We have a right to be perfectly free in every area of our life. Father, we give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God, are we free? Amen. You know, you, you are free to make your own choices, amen? amen. And, uh, and so we're thankful for that, amen? You know, the thing about the enemy that, that he has lied to people over the years is he's got people convinced that uh, if they have any interaction with the, with the enemy at all, that uh, they're stuck. Uh, but, you know, the thing about the human spirit, you know, and it's whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, the thing about the human spirit is if you ever want to leave the devil and his work, you can walk out any day you want to. Amen? Uh, now, you may need assistance in doing that, but, but as soon as you make the decision... The Lord will provide the assistance to get you out of that situation. Amen. There's no situation that's so dire that the Lord can't get you out of it. And I've had people tell me, you know, well, I'm going to get my life cleaned up before I accept the Lord. You know, uh, that's just really dumb, right? Uh, just let the Lord help you. Amen. Yes. He'll take you exactly the way you are. And then he'll provide you the strength, the power, the ability, the spirit to overcome everything and to get, get everything straightened up that you don't particularly like in your life. Amen. Uh, and, and so... Uh, I, you know, I have so been, been so thankful for the Lord uh, in, you know, after becoming a Christian when I was just a, a teenager and beginning to read the Word of God, I, you know, I saw in the Word, I could become the person that I want to be. Uh, and, and He will help me get there. Amen. Um, and to be a person of character and be a person who's a, a kind person and not controlled by anger and, and fear and worries and doubts and uh, you know, I didn't become that person the day I got born again, not even the week after I got born again. It might have taken like, like eight days or something, you know, before I became perfect, you know. Uh, no, it, it's more like eight, eight years, 80 years, amen. We're still, it's a work in progress. I mean, we have not arrived yet, amen. But we're much further along than we were when we started, amen. amen. Uh, and I'm just thankful that uh, we don't have to be controlled by, by these things. And, you know, the, the Christian walk is such a, a walk of peace and joy, amen. He said we can be that our joy can be full. You imagine that. What would your life be like if your joy was full? How happy would you be if your joy was full? And he said your joy can be full. This is not when you get to heaven joyful. This is on the earth. Amen. This is the right here and now in these days. Amen. And he said your joy can be full. And there's no footnote unless the economy goes down, unless the feds increase the interest rate, unless you know, prices of gas goes up or price of eggs become $8 an egg, right? What are they right now? They're like $6 an egg or something like that, right? I mean, they're just, it's crazy talk, amen? Uh, he, didn't put a, he didn't put any footnotes or limitations on these things, amen? Uh, men oftentimes will read the Word of God, well, that can't be so. He must only be talking about this area over here. He can't be talking about this area over here. Uh, and men will oftentimes constrain the Word of God to be something that it never says. It never said that it was limited in scope. Amen? The Word of God is all-encompassing. It's complete and total and available to anybody who wants it, right? Remember what Jesus said? We read that in Matthew 11. Take my yoke upon you. Amen? And what you'll find in the Word of God is, is you always have a responsibility. He will never put His yoke upon you. You must take His yoke upon yourself. Amen? Uh, and so uh, the reason why much of the church doesn't live in the fullness of joy is because they've never taken the yoke upon themselves. They've waited for the Lord to, well, Lord, if you want me to have the yoke, you'll put it on me. But he never said that. He said, your responsibility, my, my commandment to you 
is for you to take the yoke upon yourself. Amen? Amen. And, and the vast majority of the promises of God work exactly the same way. People well, well, why don't I have this? Have you ever taken that yoke upon you? Well, no, I just thought if he wanted me to have it, he'd give it to me. That's not the way the word works. He lays out all the promises. He says, here's all the menu items. You know, uh, when you go to the restaurant, you don't just sit there and, and, and just sit there and sit there. Well, what do you wait? Well, I'm waiting for to bring me food. Well, have you asked for any food? No, I just figured if they wanted me to have food, they'd just bring me food. Now, there are restaurants like that. You just show up and they just put food on your table, right? But the vast majority of restaurants, you've got you've to make a request. Amen? And if you don't make a request, you just sit there all night long. Uh, and just, well, what do you want? Well, I don't know. And they'll come back, you know, 10 minutes. What do you want? I don't know. I just figured, you know, you just bring me food. Well, I, I can't just bring you food. You've got to tell me what you want. Well, I, you know, that, uh, I, shouldn't, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't ask for anything. You know, if you want me to have food, you'll just, you know, you'll just give it to me. And they would look at you like, uh, uh, you know, they'd call somebody, you know, like in little wagons that are comfortable and soft, you know, and they put you in a room somewhere because they would think, well, there's something wrong with this person. Amen. No, the, the vast majority of the word of God, what you'll find is it's your responsibility to do the believing and the asking. His responsibility is to, is to do the giving uh, and the providing, but it's your responsibility to do this ask, to the asking. Amen. Uh, in fact, uh, let's turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 6. We'll continue there. We have been going through the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and we've gotten to the point where Jesus is talking about uh, how to pray. In fact, in Luke's version of that, the, the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so he's telling them how to pray. Now, we understand uh, and we, we're not going to go back through everything again, but we understand that this is a prayer given to us in the Gospels, not after the cross. It's before the cross. So we know that it, after the cross, we always pray in Jesus' name. Amen? We always pray to the Father, uh, and Jesus was praying to the Father here as well, but now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen? And we do that because that's what grants us access to the presence of, of the throne of God. Uh, and so uh, we got down here to... Um, uh, verse 10, where it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So this, this is a small, just in fact, the second half of this verse, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. To me, this is a, a, an amazing statement that the prayer is, Lord, uh, what you want done on this earth where I live is what you have in heaven. And so uh, if you look, well, we all know what heaven's like. Anybody visited heaven? I don't think anybody here has visited heaven, right? We're not taking up a load today or anything, but, but we all know what heaven's like. Any sickness or disease in heaven? Any hospitals or clinics in heaven? Right? No, no, uh, no vaccines in heaven, right? No COVID-19 or COVID-21 or uh, no 27 uh, vaccine shots in heaven, right? There's no, no, nothing like that in heaven, amen? What about the, the economics uh, uh, situation in heaven? Any food stamps in heaven? Any poverty in heaven? Any recessions, depressions, or, or obsessions in heaven? No, none of that going on in heaven, right? Uh, uh, any need for, for uh, government assistance in heaven? No, uh, they walk on streets of gold in heaven, amen? So, uh, so we all know what heaven's like, amen? Any, any enemies uh, destroying people's lives in heaven? Controlling people's lives in heaven? No, so, so if that's what heaven's like, what did Jesus say? Thy will be done on earth. Well, where do we live? Earth, earth right? I mean, you check your address, you know, it's 185 Skeeter Lane, Dayton, Tennessee, USA, earth, right? I mean, you know, most of the time you don't need to leave that, put that last earth on there, right? But, you know, if, if uh, we get some little green visitors, we might need to add earth to our address, right? Earth. Uh, and so, but we live on earth. So he said that he wants his will to be done here. Where, where we live. Is that what it says? Are we making anything up? We're not making anything up. That's what he says. Amen. So if that's what he says, then, then, then that's what our goal should be. Amen. Days of heaven upon the earth. Uh, and if, there, if there's something in our life that doesn't look like heaven, we should remove that out of our life. We should remove it if it's a yoke. We should remove it by the name of Jesus. If it's sickness and disease, we should remove it by the name of Jesus. If it's poverty, we should remove it by the name of Jesus so that we can live days of, of heaven upon the earth. Amen. Now, there are some things that, that will not be like heaven yet. You know, we live in a fallen world, amen? And so there will always be sickness in the earth until the, we get a new earth. But it doesn't have to come near our dwelling, amen? Psalm 91 says that it doesn't have to come nigh my dwelling. Uh, and so that, that's the will of God. That, that should be our, uh, our plan, amen? That should be our goal. 
we should look at our lives and review our lives. Lord, is there anything in my life that doesn't look like heaven? And if there, if there is something we see that doesn't look like heaven, maybe it's our attitude or our words or maybe our thought life or maybe uh, the, the way we feel. Just, you, you, know, just, you ever just uh, looked in the mirror and, and, Lord, how do I feel? You know, some people just feel grumpy. You ever notice that? Just grumpy all the time, just mad, bitter. You have no people like that. Just all the, hi, how you doing? Well, who's asking? I'm just, you know, just saying hi. Some people just, you're just hateful, right? You know, some people say, some people say, well, they need a devil cast out of them. You know, a lot of times they're just mean. You know, there's not a mean, meanness devil, you know, that you can cast out. Some people just mean. They just need to, they need to grow up, amen, and, and be more like the Lord. But when you look at your own life, do you see anything in your life that doesn't look like heaven? That should be an area that, well, Lord, I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to do something about it, amen, because he starts telling us how to start doing some of these things, amen. Uh, so he's laying down the, the groundwork of here's my, here's, here is uh, uh, your goal. Here's what you should look like in your life. Amen? Because if our lives look like heaven, then we should be able to encourage other people to come along with us. Amen? If our, if our lives look like hell, and we're out there trying to witness to people, and we say, well, be like me. Well, what's your life like? Oh, I'm sick and diseased all the time. I'm broke. I can't pay my bills. You know, the creditors are calling me. I'm, you know, I can't get out of bed, you know, at all. Uh, be like me. I'm mad and hateful all the time. Be just like me. You're not going to get anybody to sign up for that. No one's going to go, that's exactly what I want. Nobody's going to go, yeah, give me some of that. No, nobody's going to do that, amen? Right. We, we need to be walking uh, examples of heaven. Amen. So people can say, what's your life like? Heaven. Uh, every day. Heaven every day. Uh, well, how do I get some of that? Well, let me tell you. Amen? People are going to want to be like heaven. Amen? Even people that, don't, that aren't even Christians want to be like heaven. Amen? Everybody, even Christians, non-Christians, everybody in the world knows what heaven is like. Amen? Even if they haven't been there, they all know what heaven is like. So, so that is our measure. That, when you look at your life, that should be your, the measure of how, how my life, how the Lord wants my life to be lived. Amen? Free from all of these things. And yet much of the church, when you, if you take 100 people randomly out of the whole church of the Lord Jesus around the world and take 100 people from the world and line them up together, they look exactly the same. Like, well, they got sickness and disease over there. They got sickness and disease over there. They got poverty over there. They got poverty. They got depression and sadness over here. They got depression and sadness over there. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell the difference between a church and a world, but there should be a major difference. There should be a huge distinction. We should look like heaven. We should sound like heaven. That's, and that what Jesus said, thy will be done. My prayer, Lord, is that your will is done on the earth, what you want done on the earth, just like it's in heaven. Amen. Complete and total freedom for, for all, all the members of heaven. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, and then he starts giving us some instructions here in verse, in verse 11. Uh, he says, give us this day our daily bread. So it, it's perfectly appropriate to ask the Lord for things. Amen? Uh, and yet, much of the church, they will excoriate you. How dare you ask? You can't ask God for that. Well, I mean, you think he just limited the bread only? Uh, in fact, didn't Jesus say that man shall not live by what? Bread alone. So you think he was limiting it to only bread? Just bread, right? No, no, no jam or jelly with the bread because, you know, bread by itself. Is it, anybody just eat bread? Nobody eats bread. By, well, they probably did back then, you know. And, and uh, you know, a few people were murmuring about, oh, yeah, I eat bread, you know. You don't put any butter on it? No butter? No? Just bread? Wow, that's amazing, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. They, they probably got medicine for that. I don't know. But, uh, um, but I like a little, little jelly or a little butter or something on, on my bread. Amen. Uh, now, if it's really good bread, you know, if it's, you know, if it's really, really good bread, I'll, I'll eat it just, uh, uh, just by itself. But he said, give us this day our daily bread. Anything wrong with asking the Lord for your provisions to be met? No. There's nothing wrong with that. And yet, I, I, there are so many people in the church who will be fighting mad at you. How dare you ask the Lord for that? Uh, it, uh, and I, that's, it just doesn't make any sense because this is right after he said that, that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So, you know, uh, the proverbially we think about, well, we give prisoners bread and water because we want to give them a very minimum amount of food to sustain them. Amen? But he's not even talking about water here. He's only talking about bread. So we're, if, if you're going to be legalistic, you're not even as good as a prisoner. Amen? You think the Lord is limiting it to only bread? Bread only for you? No water? Well, no, you couldn't live just by bread only. You have to have water, right? Uh, and so, 
so the, the, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this in general. But notice what he says. He says, give us what? This day, our daily bread. So one of the things about prayer and requesting things of the Lord is you can't just say, well, Lord, you know, uh, today is, uh, what's today? March 26, uh, 2023. Lord, give me bread the rest of my life. Thank you. Amen. And that's it. You never have to pray for bread again. The Lord's going to provide it for you. It doesn't work that way, right? What Jesus said, give us what? This day. So there's an aspect of faith that the Lord wants to live faith every day, right? This day is where you believe God for, for today, amen? When tomorrow comes, you believe God for tomorrow when that arrives, amen? Uh, and so don't get in this habit of, well, Lord, I prayed for that once, you know, Lord, uh, 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 I'm going to be healthy uh, every day from now on, amen, amen? Uh, you never have to pray for about health or sickness or disease or anything the rest of your life. It, it doesn't really work that way, amen? Jesus said, uh, give us this day our daily bread, amen? our daily bread, amen? So, so does he desire to, to meet your needs? Yeah. Amen. What does Philippians 4.19 say? We know what it says, right? By law, you're required. If, you, if you're a member of, of any kind of charismatic church, you have to know that Philippians 4.19 says, and we'll wait for it. Right? It had a dramatic pause there, but it, we didn't get it in time. But Philippians 4.19 says uh, that, uh, but my God shall supply all of our need, all my need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So how much of the things that we have in our life, that we experience in our life, does the Lord want to meet? All, right? Uh, how how all-encompassing is the word all? It kind of means all, right? Is that, is that any great revelation? No, that my, but my God shall supply all your need. Amen? Uh, and, and notice it's, it's singular need there. It's not needs. It's so just whatever you've got, it's, 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 it's already covered. Amen. What about this? It's already covered. Need means everything. Amen. It's, it's not limited to only spiritual things. Amen. Because one of the way that the, that the members of the first church of doubt and unbelief uh, come and they, they'll say, well, that's only spiritual things. Uh, well, who created the natural realm? The Lord did. I mean, before, before there was a natural realm, before there was a universe, what was the only realm in existence? The spirit realm, right? So who created this natural realm that we see and touch things in? The Lord did, amen? If he created it, why would he want us to bless us in this realm that he created? Why would he only want to bless us in the other realm that, that we are spirit beings, but we don't live in the realm of the spirit. We live in the realm of the natural. Why would he only want to bless us in the, in the spirit realm only? Well, because people don't want to believe about anything. in, this, in it. But what did Jesus say? Give us what? This day what? Our daily bread. He didn't say, give us this day our spiritual needs, did he? He said, give us this day our natural, just, I mean, bread is as natural as it can be, right? Nothing spiritual about it. It's just bread. It's just, you, you need it to eat. You need to survive. You need to be able to, to have energy to do the work that, that you need to do each day. It's just as natural. There's nothing overly spiritual about it, amen? Yet people will spiritualize it to the point that it means nothing to us. Oh, it's only spiritual bread. What's that even mean? Spiritual bread. What's, what's, there's no verse for spiritual bread, right? I don't guess there is. Anybody know verse for spiritual bread? I, you know, I haven't really thought about it that way because it doesn't make any sense. But, but people will spiritualize things to remove faith. Amen? That, that way we don't have to believe God for anything. And so, uh, but he said that he, he would supply all of our need. So, so Jesus wasn't giving a complete dissertation here. He was just uh, giving a simple prayer. So what if you don't need bread today, but you need, you know, like a job? Sorry, that's not covered, right? It's give us this day only bread. We can only pray for bread. But that doesn't make any sense, right? We look at the whole counsel of God, and if, and if Paul tells us in Philippians 4.19 that he would meet all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, then, then give us our, this day our daily whatever fill in the blank, amen? Whatever we need in that day. Lord, I, I need a job, or I need a house, I need a car, I need food, I need clothes for my kids, and he clothes for my wife, and he clothes for me. Uh, whatever, whatever the need is, we can put in the fill in the blank. Amen? It, we, we, we don't want to turn the scriptures into legalism where, well, he said only bread. Well, you just eat bread for, for, uh, uh, for a week with no water, and you see how long you last, right? What do you go for, like three days without water, something like that? Uh, and, then, and then it's over. Amen? Uh, and so, yeah, you got, but I got my bread. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, since the Lord didn't say anything about water, we, we can't ask for water. No, uh, we, we've got plenty of other scripture. He says in Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. 
Uh, and of course, people say, well, that's only spiritual things. Well, if God's going to give it to us, where does it start? It's got to start in the realm of the spirit, amen? Because where, where does God reside? In the realm of the spirit, right? So everything really is a spiritual blessing, even things that we see in, in the natural realm. Uh, one translation says, uh, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that heaven itself enjoys. Uh, I like that particular one. Um, and just to, to um, uh, uh, give you one more verse in relation to that, this is not a, a class on, on uh, prosperity, uh, but he says in 2 Peter 1.3, according as his divine power, and that's the supernatural miracle working power of God, his divine power has given unto us all things. So again, uh, where did we get the things? From his divine supernatural power, amen? Uh, that he gave us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So if it's pertaining to your life or to your walk with God, has he given it to us? Well, it says he has, right? That, that he's given us all things that pertains to life and godliness, amen? Now, again, what did Jesus tell us to do in, in Matthew chapter 6? In the prayer, he said, what? Give us this day our daily bread. So now, 2 Peter says he's given it to us, but Jesus said you still have to ask. Well, that's always the deal. Amen? Well, Lord, why don't I have it? Have you ever asked for it? Well, well no, I just thought if you want me to have it, you'd give it to me. But Jesus said specifically, I need you to ask in faith that, that you'll obtain that which you've asked for. Amen? And that's really a big disconnect because much of the church, well, they push everything into the sovereignty of God. If God wants me to have it, nothing I can do about it. If he wants me to have it, he'll just choose to, to shine down upon me uh, and to bless me with that thing. Bread, water, whatever the thing is. And yet he said, Jesus said, you must ask. If you don't ask for the daily bread, then is he required to give it to you? No, no, he may just do it because he's a kind God, but what if he... What if he's just busy? I mean, you know, God gets busy. He's got, I mean, he's got other people to deal with, right, besides you all the time. Uh, it was just, I, sorry, I didn't get around to it today. Of course, that, it doesn't really happen that way. But, but if you don't ask for it, is he, is he required to, to give that to you? Uh, he's not required to because he, Jesus said, here's the, here's the, here's the deal. I'm going to provide it, everything for you. I'm going to pay for it on the cross. And uh, then I'm going to kind of lay it all out right here. And, but you've got to come and, and, and pick and choose and tell me what you want. Well, I don't want to do that, Lord. That's, that's the deal. So many times we as Christians, we want a different deal than the Lord gave to us. Lord, I just want you to give it to me yeah. without me asking. Right. But he didn't tell us to do it that way. And, it, and it's oftentimes so much rebellion in the, in the church. I don't want to do it this way. I want to do it my way. Well, that's great, except he's not required to do it your way. He, he laid out the rules and he said he, he wants you to ask. Right. Amen. Well, you know, what, what can you ask for? Well, if he says he has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, then what's, what is not covered uh, in, in that list? Nothing, right? Uh, what about big things? You know, I remember Jared would occasionally have debates with some of his teachers, you know. Uh, in fact, when he was, uh, I think it was like five or six years old, we, uh, uh, maybe, no, he, I think he was second, second or third grade, we had one of those parents-teacher conferences. I'm going to tell him, Jared, I think I told the story before, but, you know, it's okay. He's here, and, and uh, he's heard the story before. But so we had one of these parent-teacher conferences, and, and the teacher came up and said, uh, well, we said, how's Jared doing? He's, do, he's doing great. He's a great student. He said, ah, well, was there anything he could do better? Well, you know, if he could just not correct me in front of the other students, that would be great, you know, because, you know, it makes me look bad, you know. And, and, and I said, well, now, now, he's usually right, but still it makes me look bad in front of the other Children, right? And so, you know, if you wouldn't mind just... Uh, but, uh, and so, you know, he did learn over the years not to always uh, correct his teachers, uh, even if they were wrong. But, uh, but some of his teachers would say things like, well, you know, you can ask God for small things, but not for big things. Well, well, then, if that's true, which is just dumb, right? If that's true, this is the PhD person who said this, right? Some of the doctorate degree in, I don't know if it's in stupidity or what, but uh, uh, th if that's true... Then who's this, who decides what's big and small? You got to go to them. Hey, I'm talking about this. No, it's too big. Well, well based on what? I, I, ju I just think it's too big. I mean, is, is a dollar too big? What's the number? I always love that, you know, because people, when people do that, you know you've got them nailed, right? Because just start asking, well, what's the number? Is a dollar? No, a dollar's fine. 
Okay. What about $2? No, yeah, 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 $2 is fine. What about $2 and a penny? Uh, it's, it's getting close. I mean, it's, it's $2 and two, no, that's too much, right? $2 and two pennies, you're, you're out of there, right? Well, who decides what's big and small? If the measurement is God, if God is the measurement, which he is, is there anything that would God would go, that's too much, that's, that's too big. I, I, I can't do I can't get around to that. I'm busy all day, you know, that's, that's too much. If God is a measure, is there anything too big for God? I mean, we really, there's literally a scripture that says nothing is impossible with God, right? To him that believes. So, so who, who, does, who makes up doctrine like that? People who don't want to believe God. Well, I can't ask God for big things. Well, then how are you going to get the big things? I'll just do it myself. That's really smart. God who created the entire universe by just going, yeah, light B. You don't want him to help you with that big thing. You're going to do the big thing on yourself. Even though God created the entire universe by speaking it, you don't want him to help with the big things. You let him do the little things. How intelligent is that? That that is a sign of of advanced stupidity, right? I mean, you got you know you got basic stupidity, then you got advanced stupidity, right? That that's like advanced. You got to be really smart to be that dumb. Uh, and so, did did uh, did Peter tell us that he has given us all things that pertain to the life of godliness? So then we can pray, Lord, give us this day whatever that thing that we have need of, right? We don't have to it doesn't have to be limited bread. It can be, Lord, I need this thing in my life. Amen. And that's called the prayer of faith. We call it the prayer of faith. It just helps us understand and distinguish from other types of prayer. That, uh, the prayer of faith is, Lord, I have a definite request for a definite thing, a specific request for a specific thing. I need this thing. And when you pray the prayer of faith, you need to be specific. You don't just, Lord, just, you don't just pray, Lord, just give me stuff. Stuff, Lord, just stuff, right? Does anybody pray that way? Lord, I, you know, I don't even know what I need. Just give me stuff, things, just whatever. Nobody prays that way. You don't, you don't even wake up, Lord, I need things. No, nobody's that, that, that you know, uh, uh, ambiguous, amen? We know exactly what we need. Uh, we know exactly what we desire. Uh, and, and as long as those things were within the constraints of the word of God, right? We can't desire our neighbor's wife or have the biggest house to brag, have bragging rights. You know, we know those things. And, we, and, and to even spend much time on that, you know, is oftentimes a waste of good energy because we all know when we exceed uh, a righteous request. Amen? Uh, we know what our heart says. You're, and you're the only one who can know your heart because two people could ask for the same thing and one could be right and one could be wrong. Amen? Uh, and so I'm not your judge that's between you and the Lord. Amen? I mean, a lot of times... There's a lot of times where things that, that are not clear in the word, I'll go to the Lord and say, Lord, it's okay if I ask for this thing? You know, is my heart right in asking for this thing? And I'll, I'll get clearance from heaven before I even ask for the thing. And then once I get the, the, the clearance that my heart's right in doing that and asking for that thing, okay, the Lord, Lord, then I need this thing. Whatever the thing is, amen? So give us this day our daily bread. So that's the prayer of faith. It's a definite request for a specific thing. Now, and, and so let's turn over to, to Mark 11. And we'll see how this, how this is supposed to operate. Because if Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread, then what is your expectation when you make that request? That you'll receive it, right? I know that's kind of Captain Obvious statement, but, but uh, if you say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, and then you go out to the cupboards and go, I guess he decided not to give it to me today. What, what is your faith supposed to be? That you'll give it, right? Then he say, ask and it shall be given unto you. Amen? Seek and you'll find. So if he says, ask and it shall be given unto you, then if, if, if you asked and it was a reasonable request, right? And I, when I say reasonable, things that are not, that doesn't violate the word of God. Uh, if it's a reasonable request, then what is he obligated to do? If he said, ask and it shall be given unto you, uh, and you did ask, then what's he, what's he required to do? To give it unto you, right? That, that's, the con- that's the covenant agreement we have with the Lord. Lord, if I do what you say, then you'll do what you said. Amen? So if he said to ask that I'm doing what you said, now you have to do what you said. Amen? Is he, is he allowed to go, I know you asked and it was perfectly fine, but you know, I'm just not feeling it today. It's not going to do it. Not, not today? No, I'm not, not going to do it. Is he ever allowed to do that? From his own words, right? Now, we're not, we're, he doesn't answer to me, but he does answer to his own words. Amen? If he said it, is he obligated to do what he said? He's obligated to do what he said. Amen? Now, who are you going to go to if he doesn't? Who, what, what department do you go to in heaven? 
Hey, hey God didn't do what he said he's going to do. Is there, is there a complaint department in heaven? When, when heaven doesn't do what they said they were going to do? When, when God the Father doesn't do what he... No, there's no department like that in heaven. Uh, but, but there doesn't need to be because he always does what he says. Now, our responsibility is twofold, amen? And, and it says here, in fact, it's actually one more than that. Mark 11, uh, 24, this is really a good insight about how the prayer of faith is supposed to work. It gives us everything we need to know to understand when Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread, then, then how, how does that work, amen? Uh, and so he says here, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire? Well, do you desire bread sometimes? Food sometimes? Clothes sometimes? A job sometimes? You know, whatever it is, do you, are there things you do desire that are perfectly fine to desire? Perfectly fine. Lord, I, Lord, I want children. Lord, I want, you know, I want, uh, I want a car. I want, you know, whatever it is you want. Amen. Uh, again, we understand these are within the constraints of the Word of God. But inside the Word of God, He said He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Ephesians 3.20 says that unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. So that's a big, that's a big scope. Amen. People always want to, to limit the scope to be this one little bread only. And not even warm bread, cold bread, you know, and they'll start adding to that, right? And not even good bread, like, like white bread. You know, I used to, anybody eat white bread? I used to eat white bread all the time growing up. And then I discovered there's, there's more bread than just white bread. I mean, it's like bleached. There wasn't any, there was no nutrients in that. There had been nutrients in that white bread for years, right? I mean, they bleached all the nutrients out of that bread. Amen. And you'd eat it and it gets stuck to the roof of your mouth, you know, and, and I like good, hearty bread, you know, whole wheat, you know, got to have something, you know, it's got to, it's got to fight you back, you know, when you take a bite out of it, you know, that, that's good bread, amen, you go to Europe, you get great bread in Europe, amen, it's, we're a little slower over here in the States, but, but, um, uh, you know, it, it, we, we don't need to constrain the Lord, if he said he would do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, then that's more than we can ask or think, isn't it, what he says, exceeding abundantly above, not just, not just what you ask or think, but exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think, all that you can ask or think, amen, and again, as long as what, what, what you ask or think is within the constraints of the Word of God, then that's a big area. Amen. That's a big thing. And so he said, what, what things soever you desire, when you pray, well, Lord, I just, I just figured if you want me to have it, you'd give it to me. But he said, when you pray. So you must ask for these things. Amen. Much of the church uh, are struggling because they just won't ask. You ever know people that just won't ever ask for help? Especially, you know, you know, you, you know I could help them. But they don't, they, they don't want to ask for any help. And, and, and do you ever get feeling frustrated about that? Especially people that you care about and you see them struggling in life. You're like, well, I, I know I could help them. But, but I tried. They, they just they, they stiff arm you, right? You ever been stiff armed by people? Hey, I, I can help you. I don't need any help. <laughs> I think you do. But, uh, you know, uh, would you like a second opinion on that? Because if you, my opinion is you need a lot of help, right? Uh, and so have you ever looked in the mirror? You need a lot of help, amen? Uh, and so he said... What things, uh, what things soever you desire? So did Jesus put any limit on that? No limit, right? What things soever uh, you desire? So, you, so your desire then has to line up with the Word of God, amen? Any desires that don't line up with the Word of God uh, are invalid desires. Uh, and so, because we, when, we we, when we read scriptures, we don't legalize these words separate from the entire rest of the Bible, amen? And that's, if you would be a good student like that of the Word and not try to, build an entire doctrine over this phrase. Well, he said, what things soever you desire. Well, yes, but he said other things, you know, that, you're, that you ask amiss, right. ask incorrectly. Uh, and so, you know, you, you can't just pull these things out. But within, I think most Christians who are just good Christians just want the, the normal good things of life, amen? They're not trying to be prideful. They're not trying to, to, to get things that they shouldn't have, like, you know, their neighbor's wife or, you know, whatever, dumb things like that. They're just trying to get by in life a lot of times, amen? And most of the time, their desires are fine. Lord, I just want a, a happy life, you know, a happy marriage, a happy home life, you know, comfortable living. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, they don't want, uh, I know uh, uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne, he, he, more than anything, he wanted a ranch in Colorado. I don't want a ranch in Colorado. I don't want a ranch in Colorado. If I have a ranch in Colorado, I got to mow a ranch in Colorado. I want to mow a ranch in Colorado, you know, and so I don't want a ranch in Colorado. I just don't want that. I'm glad he wants it. I'm glad he got it before he went home to be with heaven. That's great. I'm glad for it. You know, I don't want that. Uh, some people want all kinds of things. You know, the more things you have, the more things you have to take care of. Amen. Oh, sure. How do I can have less? Amen. Yeah, and so, uh, and look, if you want more, 
praise God. You know, I mean, you got to oil it, you got to mow it, you got to paint it, whatever. You know, do it, take care of it. No fun, no problem. I don't care. You know, that's between you and the Lord. Amen. But it's when you pray, so you're responsible for praying. The Lord is not obligated to just give you just because you have a desire. He said, when you pray. Then what Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, and he says, uh, then he says, believe that you receive them. So that's really the key right there. Amen. Because look, I will ask for bread. He didn't give it to me. Would you, would you believe he's going to give it? Well, I was just hoping he would. I didn't really know if he would or not. Well, that's not believing. That's hoping. Hoping is, well, I don't know. It's 50-50. Maybe, you know, win some, you lose some. You don't know. Uh, he said, you must believe. When you pray, what things you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them. So if you're praying for bread, give us this day a daily bread. Then I'm waiting for the bread. Uh, you know, uh, George Mueller, I don't know if you know anything about the story of George Mueller. He had this huge uh, uh, orphanage in England, like 2,000 kids by the time, you know, he, he uh, uh, passed away. He was like 80-something years old when he passed away. Uh, and he had no government subsidies. There was, there was nothing, you know, just, just uh, you're on your own. This was back, you know, many years ago. Uh, and, and every day they had to believe for, uh, believe for feeding 2,000 kids. That's a lot. Amen. I mean, when my kids, you know, all three of my kids have played sports, when they were in sports, I had to believe every day for like, like a whole beef, right? I mean, because they were just massive eaters, just eat. I mean, if it, if it didn't move, they ate it. I mean, if it moved, they would let it go, you know, like the dog or cat or something, they'd let it go. But if it didn't move, they'd eat it. Uh, and so a lot of, we had a lot of groceries coming in that house. Uh, and, and so uh, he, every day he'd have to believe for all these kids to be fed. And just, you can read his stories, George Mueller reads some of his stories, and just miraculous stories. You know, they'd go to bed, well, Lord, we have no milk for the kids in the morning. And then like a milk truck would break down right in front of the orphanage. Well, we got to get rid of all this milk. Y'all, y'all want this milk? We got, we got thou- I don't know, thousands, but hundreds of gallons of milk. We got to get rid of. Y'all want this milk? Yeah, yeah. Now, did the Lord make that happen? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know how it happened there, but, uh, but they, every day, miraculous events, amen. And he said, you know, today, they interviewed him later in his years, he said, I can believe God for a million dollars today just as, with as much effort as it used to take me to believe God for a dollar back when I first started. Amen? Because your faith can grow. Uh, and, and if he had started with 2,000 kids when he, when he started it, he probably wouldn't have made it. But the Lord, as, as the orphanage grew and the kids grew and the, the size of the ministry grew, then his faith grew. Amen? But he said, but uh, what things serve you desire uh, when you pray? Believe that you receive them. So in the order of things... The believing comes what's after the believing, and you shall have them. So the order of events here is you must believe first before you receive them. Lord, I have them. I believe that you receive them. Lord, I receive it. Well, how do you know? Because he said, if I do these things, I'll receive it, and so that's what I'm doing. Well, do you have it yet? Well, not yet. Well, then how do you know you're going to get it? Because he said I, that, that this, my responsibility is to take him at his word. If he said, give us this day our daily bread, then my belief, my, my confidence is, it's here. I have it. Amen? And that's where a lot of Christians uh, miss it, because they wait until they receive it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it came come, Lord. I, uh, I knew it come. Well, did you really? Well, I, I, no, not really, but I would hope it was coming. Well, no, you have to believe it has to be just as real to you when you pray as the minute it arrives. If it's not as real to you that you have it, when you pray, then you're not in faith yet. You've got to go back and pray again. Lord, I'm going to pray until, until it's so real in me that I'm going to get this, that, that uh, uh, I'm going to do that until I arrive at believing before I receive. Now, isn't that the order of events there in, in uh, Matthew eleven twenty four? And that right there is the prayer of faith. That is how we're supposed to operate the prayer of faith. I, I, uh, he said, what things serve I desire? So I have a desire. Lord, I, I don't really want anything. Just whatever you want to give me, just give it to me. What do you want? I don't just want to Just give me anything. That's not a desire. That's abdicating your responsibility. Amen. People, you know, get up and they feign humility. Oh, I don't want any of these worldly goods. Just, you know, Lord, I just, just give me, you know, uh, just a small, a small cabin in heaven. You know, just a, a small lean-to, not even a real house. Just, uh, there are no cabins in heaven. There are only mansions in heaven. Amen. Uh, and so people try to feign all fake humility, right? That, that's uh, a fake humility. Uh, and, uh, and yet they'll, they'll, they'll get fighting mad at their boss if they're a nickel short on their paycheck. But over here, they're, oh, I don't want any worldly goods. Well, then why do you have a house? Why do you have a car? Why do you have clothes? You know, you just walk around naked in the field, you know, if you don't want any worldly goods uh, with no food. 
Uh, and so, you know, don't, don't act all spiritual, amen? If the Lord said he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, then you should want everything that, that's necessary for your life to complete the, the call of God upon your life. Whatever the funds, whatever the, the, the facilities, whatever the income, whatever, whatever the food, clothes, travel, whatever it is to complete the, God's call upon your life, you should have no problems in asking the Lord for that. Right. Amen? And if he's called you to have a family, then you should have, a, have full confidence that God desires you to have faith to fully provide for everything in your family. Complete health, prosperity, safety, protection. Amen? Especially nowadays, right? The world's crazy. You've got to watch your kids. You know, when I was growing up, I mean, people that are a little older know what I'm talking about. We, during the summertime, we'd be like, breakfast, ate breakfast, and mom, see you at dinner time, right? At supper time. You know, 12 hours later. And she had no idea where we were. We would be walking for miles out in farmland, walk to the city, you know, walk over hill and dale, you know. I mean, just we'd go, go skinny dip in a nasty farm pond, right? Probably more bacteria than ever could imagine. And the, the muddy, you can't even see any, you know, two inches, just yuck, right? You know, 12 inches of mud in the bottom. We'd just go swim in those things, right? The plague, you know, there's probably, there's probably like all kinds of things that, that scientists haven't even discovered in those ponds, right, in those farm ponds. Because what do cows do when they go in the pond? To them, it's their bathroom, right? Of course, you don't know that. You know, you don't realize that when you're 12, you're a stupid uh, 12-year-old, right? But you'd go do it anyway. And, uh, and we just, they even had, they had no idea where we were. You can't do that today, right? You have to pray and believe God for the protection of, now we don't have fear, but you still got to be wise. And, you know, but back then, you just like, see you, mom. In fact, he said, leave, get out of the house. I don't want to see you. Uh, and uh, that's the way my mom was, which I don't know if your mom was that way, you know. Uh, doesn't sound very caring, but hey, you got 11 kids, you want them out of the house. Yeah. Uh, and so, but that's the deal. This is the prayer of faith, Mark eleven twenty four. This is, if you want to understand how the prayer of faith works, when Jesus had given us this day our daily bread, this is how it works, amen? You have a desire, you pray, you believe that you receive the desire, and then if you choose to do those three things, then you will have it. If you choose not to do one of those three things, like I, I believe it when I see it, well, then he's not obligated, not required, and he really can't, in many cases, even give it to you because you didn't fulfill your part. This is the covenant. I have my part, he has his part. My part is to desire, pray, and believe. His part is to do. Amen. If I choose not to do one of, one of my three steps, then, then he is constrained with him doing his step. Amen. He is not, in fact, he's not obligated. Well, just give it to me anyway, Lord. No, then, then you ask, you're asking him to give you a deal that's not in the word of God, to give you a, a Bible version two. I need a Bible version two deal, Lord. I don't, this, this Bible doesn't work for me. I need a separate Bible that works for me where I don't have to do anything and you do everything. I mean, he's already done everything. What's, what's left for him to do? You, does he need to go to the cross more for you? Does he need to die more for you, shed more blood for you than he's already shed? Well, no, but, you know, he said we have been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness through Christ Jesus. Amen? It's because of the work of the Lord Jesus. So he's already done all that for us. Our job is to believe that he's done it and to receive that. Amen? So that's the prayer of faith. So Jesus is talking about the prayer of faith here in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, in the, the Lord's Prayer, amen? Uh, and, and, and yet this verse right here will cause so many people who, who attend the First Church of Doubt and Unbelief an aneurysm, right? They just, they'll just get so mad at you. I mean, just fight mad at you. And yet, I, I didn't write these words. Did you write these words? Jesus spoke these words. He, the master, the head of the church, spoke these words. Here's how I want you to operate. When you need something, here's what I need you to do. Uh, here are the instructions I'm giving to you about how to obtain everything you have need in your life. And yet oftentimes we say, Lord, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it some other way. And who are we to, to tell the master that his word is wrong, that his word is, is not, does not say what it says? You know, that, that is a position that I, I, don't, I don't want, I don't envy, I don't desire, amen? And yet much of the church has no problem at all saying, that doesn't mean that. But, but that's what it says, right? Why would he say it that way and not mean that? If that's what he said, isn't that what he meant? Yeah. Jesus was not, he doesn't try to trick us all the time. Oh yeah, I'm going to watch this, I'm going to say this, but I don't mean anything, right? I don't mean any of these things I just said. Well then what does he mean? Well, you need me to tell you what he means. Oh, there you go, right there, right? So I need you to tell me what I can have and what I can't have in my life, amen? That is not my job. Now, and yet, much of the church says, so I'm going to tell you what you can have and what you can't have in your life. You can have a car, but not a nice car. Okay, what's that mean? 
is, is four wheels included in a, in a car? Yeah, four wheels, but not, you don't get a spare, right? I mean, who, who, who decides that they, that they hold that position in the body of Christ? I decide what you can ask for. That's not my job, amen? Uh, it's a job of the Holy Spirit to, to show you whether, you're, whether your request and desire is biblical, right? Whether it's, it's okay to ask for that, amen? Well, I'm just going to ask for a billion dollars and never have to ask the Lord for any money the rest of my life. Give us this day our daily bread, amen? You can't just do a sweeping request for the rest of your life and not be in faith ever again. Uh, it's going to be, you know, a little here and a little there as you have need of it, Amen. When I say little, I don't mean the constraint of that, but just you can't get everything you need. If, you, if the Lord gave you everything you need, where would you put it for the rest of your life? Amen? Right. You got enough cabinets for that right now? How big of a garage you got? I mean, just think about all the clothes you're going to buy between now and your last breath on the earth. On the earth. Where are you going to put all those? I've been working this same pair of blue jeans for 20 years. Well, okay, you know, you're probably the exception, right? Uh, but um, you know, you're know, probably going to need a new pair of shoes every now and then. Amen? Where are you going to put all those shoes? If he gave you all the shoes you need from now to the rest of your life, where would you put them? Um, I know some people got like a whole bedroom just for clothes, just for shoes. You ever seen that? I bought a pair of shoes at a shoe store. One guy, how many, a guy said, I said, how many pairs of shoes you got? He said, I got 200 pairs of shoes. You got 200 pairs of shoes? Yeah, 200 pairs of men's dress shoes. 200 pairs of men's dress shoes. I mean, where'd you put them? He said, I got a bedroom just for my shoes. Like, wow, you know, that's amazing, right? I, I, I wouldn't see, I don't want 200 pairs of shoes because every morning I go like, which pair am I going to wear? I don't know. Just, you know, the blue one. Well, I got 18 blue pairs of shoes. I mean, oh, you, you want the snake skin? You want the, you know, eel skin? I mean, you know, that's just, I'm glad he's got 200 pairs. I don't want 200 pairs of shoes. Amen? Because then I have 200 decisions to make every day. Amen? I don't want 200 decisions you know, to make every day. In fact, I got my, the way I got my suits, I got my suits all laid out. And, and, and well, how do you decide what suit to wear every day? Well, I go to my closet, and it's the first one on the left. And that's the suit I wear. When I get to wearing it, I put it on the last on the right. And then, see, the next one, see, then I, there's no decision. I'm going to wear that suit. Well, how do you know what suit? It's that suit right there, right? Uh, and so now people are that way. People sweat over. They go, well, I'm thinking, I'm feeling blue today. You know, I think I just blew today with a little accent. I, I don't think, I, I don't have time for that, right? It's the first one on the left, right? And the last one on the right. Uh, and so if you don't want it that way, you do it however you want to. I don't care. You know, if you want to sweat it over every day and just, you know, get the color swatches out and pick all that, that's great. I mean, people like that. And, and, and my wife is that. She loved, she, you know, I said, why don't you just put on your, you know, because uh, when we first uh, uh, moved into the house, uh, she wasn't there. So I unpacked her clothes for her. So I put her all of her, all of her, the way I would do it, right? I got all the short sleeve shirts here, got all the long sleeve shirts here, you know, the blouses this way, the dresses over here. She goes like, no, that's just there's no way. Why would you do it that way? Because that's the way I would do it, right? Because then I could just wear the first short sleeve shirt over here and the first dress over here. And see, it's super easy right there. It's like, no, it's just, it's, she threw, 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 threw it all on the ground and put it all back together the way she wanted it, which is fine, right? Uh, everybody do it however you want to, amen? Uh, and so he said, give us this day our daily bread, not your daily. I'm not going to tell you what bread for you to have. If you want, the, if you want plain bleached, you know, forever white bread, Praise God, get all the white bread you want, amen? None of my business, I could care less, amen? Because that's between you and the Lord. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for your word. And Father, if you instructed us by your word and, and through the Lord Jesus himself, for give us this day our daily bread. Father, then we thank you that each and every day as we pray for the things that we have need of, you said, ask and it shall be given unto you. You told us that what things we desire when we pray we can believe that we receive them, and we will have them. So, Father, as we pray for the provisions that we have need of in this life, we thank you that each and every time, without exception, you will provide that for us. You declared that you would, Father. And, Lord, you've never lied. You've never misled us a single time in, in all the things you've spoken to us. And so, Father, we thank you that we can pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And whatever that, that provision that we have need of, you will always give that to us. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And Lord, we're so thankful for your kindness and goodness um, in the name of Jesus. And just real quick, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, you talked about the Lord, the Lord uh, telling us to give us this day our daily bread, but that's really for the church, amen? And, and if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus, if you've never uh, asked him to come into your life and to be part of, of, of his church, not this physical church here, but his church, if you've never asked the Lord Jesus to come into your life, if you'd like us to pray with you and to pray for you, we'll be glad to do that, amen? Uh, and if you'll just let us know uh, by the raising of your hand to pray with you, pray for you, we'll be glad to do that. Amen.
If anybody would like to receive the Lord Jesus today. Praise God. Well, all right, amen. Well, let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And the Lord is good and gracious to provide for us, amen. amen. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's a blessing for us to give. Uh, and well, how, how much should you give? Well, you should, the, the, the Word of God says, according to what's in your heart. Amen? Uh, and um, I'm going to put together some notes, and I would like to uh, read, uh, kind of go through the scriptures about uh, blessings and finances and, and just have a scriptural basis for these things. I've never really taught on that as a specific message there, but I think it'd be good for us to have a, a biblical foundation of, of why we give, you know, uh, when we give, how much to give. It's none of my business to tell you how much to give. Amen? Uh, and... and um, I know uh, uh, we were watching a minister one time, and, and they said, you know, there's something, there's something special about a significant offering. Something special about a significant offering. And I, and I had to, to, to avoid throwing up when they said that. Because it's just manipulation. It's just manipulation. Something special about a significant offering. No, what's special is an offering that you give because the Lord tells you to give that, that what the Lord wants you to do. Right. If it's a dollar... That's significant if it's done by faith. Amen? If it's a dollar amount, then that's manipulation. If I, if I you know, because see, a dollar's not significant according to them. But what if, what if that's all you've got? There are plenty of times I'd empty my wallet, and it's only, you know, 20 bucks, but I'd still empty it. And that was significant for me at that time. Amen? Uh, uh, and so... Uh, you know, there's so much manipulation that goes on in the body of Christ in, in relation to finances, amen? It's really easy. Just do what the Lord wants you to do, amen? What the Lord wants you to do, amen? Not what I tell you the Lord wants you to do, what you is in your heart to do, amen? Because that's the only, only way you can uh, receive back from the Lord is to do what He wants you to do. If you do what I tell you to do, see, you're not guaranteed to get anything back from the Lord. If you're just being manipulated by me, there's no guarantee. I'm going to be okay because I get all your money, which is great for me, but, but it doesn't help you at all, right? And so... My desire is for you all to be blessed and prospered and increased, amen? And as that happens, then the church is blessed and prospered and increased, amen? Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for, for the, today's offering. So Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you that it's a blessing to give, Father, that we thank you that you provided for us income, Father, and jobs and, and, and witty inventions to obtain finances to advance our lives. And so, Father, it's an honor to give back unto you to advance your kingdom, Father. And so that uh, this ministry, Father, can uh, accomplish all that you uh, desire for it to do. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll come in, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And so don't forget, um, um, we'll, our next prayer meeting will be uh, Friday night. It's actually Good Friday, right? 7 p.m. here at the church. Uh, and, um, and we just get together for about an hour and pray. And, um, and then... Uh, two weeks from today, then is Easter, amen? And so we'll have our, our regular morning service, then we'll have our lunch, and then we'll have an Easter egg hunt, amen? Uh, and, um, and it is always fun, it's always fun. I mean, I, I always love my kids watching them. They just get so much joy out of it, amen? And then they get chocolate over their face, you know? And, and of course, when they all go to bed, then I eat all the good stuff, right? And so you make sure when they put it, put it away, you, you know where it's at, right? So you get all the good stuff. And and because they don't know, they're not, they don't have an inventory of that, amen, so you can just take it all and it's okay. You do whatever you want to, I don't care, you know, none of my business, but, um, um, but we'll do that two weeks from today, and uh, we'll believe God for some nice weather, amen, and I think just one year we had to do it inside, but uh, uh, if we have to do it inside, we won't do it in the, in the warehouse back there, there's way too many nails and scary things back there, we'll find a good place to do it around here somewhere, but um, that's two weeks from today, church meal and Easter egg hunt and no uh, healing school that day, amen? So don't forget we have healing school today at three o'clock and be blessed and you're dismissed.